Hello and welcome to another episode of The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Saturday, October 14th. And today's show, as we do every Saturday, I'm joined by a GOAT guest. And we are breaking down the core four, four players who will definitely be in our cash game lineups for the upcoming Week 6 DFS slate. Mike LaFemina is with me as he is every Saturday. We're just going to jump right into it today. Mike, what's up, man? How you doing? Doing good. Looking forward to breaking down this interesting slate. We got some value popping up with some injuries, so looking forward to chatting. Yeah, it actually might have to be a little bit lengthier of a uh, discussion than I anticipated for that. <laughs> My general approach before we get started and breaking this down is, to me, it feels more like a GPP slate than a cash game slate. Last week, we had a similar discussion where I didn't love the slate this week i actually love the slate for gbp so i'm going to be shifting my approach to be playing more heavily into tournaments so that will affect my the impact in which you know my opinions weight in terms of which contests you're entering and which players you're going for generally when we do core four it's more of a cash game thing for me mine might come from a little bit of a gpp sense but uh before we get started, let me remind everyone to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you are listening to. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, throw a like and subscribe, a comment on there as well. Please sign up for my Substack, a free gambling newsletter at fiddlepicks.substack.com. I just tweeted out where you should also follow me, the at Fiddlepicks Twitter, that my Substack has been getting like 4,000 views a week. And it's something I've become really proud of. And I think if you are listening to this episode and you are not part of that Substack and you're interested in DFS and gambling, that's somewhere you should definitely be. We have NBA content approaching. So we are going to have lots of best bets, write-ups, even an awards show and awards bets are already posted on there. So make sure you go check out the fiddlepicks.substack.com. Completely free to sign up. Mike, let's get... Actually... Quickly drop where we can find you. Yeah, on Twitter, I'm at mlafem10. That's where a lot of my thoughts and posts obviously are going on there. And you can find all my work over on Sports Ethos. That's We're doing PGA DFS. We're doing NFL DFS all week, every week, getting that money. Let's go. This guy is the golf guru. He is a stick on the DFS PGA Tour. Uh, I play some PGA golf DFS for majors. And when I do reading Mike's article is probably the most winning strategy that I could possibly come up with. So make sure you follow M 10. If you follow me, you know, I retweet his stuff all the time. So let's start with this slate where I broke down and where I left off last show with Alex, when we came to quarterbacks and the, the little difference that we're going to do is just break down who is our core four and then, going straight into it. But I just want to point out that like this week is a bit tougher on quarterbacks because only Hertz is the real elite quarterback on the slate. We don't have Mahomes. He played on Thursday. We don't have Josh Allen. He plays on Sunday night. We don't have Herbert. He plays on Monday night. So that is a big impetus in why I'm going down the board. But I would say for a cash game quarterback, I'm either going Hertz. I'm either going Tua at the top or I'm going Matthew Stafford at, at the bottom. Uh, but for me, my core four quarterback is going to be Desmond Ritter. I'm finally going to do it Ooh, and spice into the preseason take that I had extensively that the Falcons were my spicy team. Desmond Ritter coming in at the basement 5,000 price for a quarterback, the same thing that uh, Gardner Minshew is. But mm-hmm. he's home. 
Desmond Ritter's undefeated at home in his career, college and professional. He runs with a good amount. And this Washington Commanders team seems to let up 30 points every single game. So I'm going to be playing Ritter. I'm going to be stacking him with Drake London at 4,800. I know Kyle. I thought thought you were going to say Pitts for a second. Well, I'm about to say Pitts because I know Kyle Pitts is being given out by a lot of optimizers as a tight end because of the matchup situation and whatever. Uh, I'm going to go away from that because if he's giving out, being given out by optimizers, and I'm talking more of a GPP sense, then I'd rather go with the $4,800 Drake London, maybe even consider a Bijan. But for me, Drake London and uh, Desmond Ritter are going to be in my GPP stack. And then I'm also obviously just going to go with Raheem Mostert. And I'm just obviously Mm going to go with Christian Kirk as the value starts to present itself on the slate. So what we're doing this episode, a little bit different. We are jumping straight into the core four. For a cash game, it would be Stafford. But I am not doing that. I am going Ritter, London, Mostert, Christian Kirk. Mike, I'll throw it to you. Any reaction on any of those guys or just who do you want to give for your core four? Quick reaction. It makes sense if you are going to go a little bit off the board like that with Ritter and with uh, Drake London that you are getting those. They're chalkier pieces, but that's okay with Moser and Christian Kirk because you're already getting different with your lineups being Ritter and being Drake London in there. If you're you know, if you're starting your lineups with a a chalky Joe Burrow or chalky Trevor Lawrence, then playing into those other um, other guys just doesn't make a lot of sense. If if you want to be at the top of the leaderboard, if you're looking to just right. min cash, because like, we're talking tournaments right now, right? Right. Yeah. If you're if you're looking to just min cash, like I guess. But if you the point of playing tournaments is to finish first place and win all the money, right? It's not, we're not playing tournaments to, to min cash. So you got to take a little bit of risk and Ritter's, you know, you laid out the case for it. Uh, sounds good to me. I've, I've seen a couple other people on it. So it's definitely Fuck a that. sharp side, I think. <laughs> all right. Who are you giving out for your core four? So we're starting at quarterback. I'm going a little different route. I'm going Joe Burrow. I know. This is a cash game play. Um, I believe in Burrow comeback season. We saw the evidence of it last week. I am not deterred by Seattle's defense at all. They just got lit up by Andy Dalton a couple weeks ago. Uh, so, and I'm stacking him with Jamar Chase in that cash lineup. Um, I don't care if T. Higgins is back this week. We've seen enough T. Higgins games where he's back from injury and plays 10 snaps and puts up a goose egg. Even if he is healthy and ready to go, there's nobody on the Seahawks that I'm worried about guarding Chase. Um, We get a pretty good game environment. There's not too many weather concerns there. There's a couple other spots with some weather. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm not making the same mistake I made last week and not putting Chase, an underpriced Chase, in my cash game lineup. Uh, I don't think over 50 DraftKings points is on the board this week for him, but (laughs) he's going to be a target monster. Three touchdowns. Yeah. (laughs) That was insane. Oh man. I felt so sick, but um, those are the two. You mentioned one of them already, Raheem Mosert. That's just an easy click. Obvious, right? 
Yeah, it's such a easy. I think there's a lot of other options you can go at running back. There's just a lot of value between not even mentioning Chuba Hubbard and Donta Foreman, who are going to get pretty good roles and being 43 and 4,400. Is Miles Sanders is out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was wondering why I was seeing Hubbard start to pop up everywhere in the optimizers. Like I love Chuba yeah. Hubbard from a kind of game script going against Miami, being a full point PPR, getting a lot of the passing down where Chuba Hubbard's making his way into an obvious start too. But you actually, mm-hmm. is this a rule where you break? I mean, I guess you don't apply the rule as much to a cash torn, cash game, but if I'm in a GPP, how mm-hmm. fixated do I need to be on the rule of, or the idea, the principle, that you don't play opposing running backs against each other. Does this one break the script a little bit because of how fast and explosive Miami is? And on the flip side, how much workload Hubbard's going to get, the volume share that both of these guys are going to get because of the injury, the pass-down work that Chuba could get. Is the situation enough to break the common-sense rule of starting two running backs opposing each other is pretty stupid? Yeah, it's it's always case-dependent, right? If it's Ezekiel Elliott versus, uh, I don't know, some random jabroni that doesn't ever catch the ball, then, yeah, that, that doesn't okay. make a ton of sense. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but if you, like you pointed out the case. Even Montgomery. Yeah. Online too. Well, hey, <laughs> I like Montgomery this week. But, um, yeah, it you know, both these guys are catch target monsters. Um if I know, I'm even okay if you want to include Mosert in a Tua stack because he because he does get passing down work. If you want to go like Tua, Tyreek, and Mosert with a Hubbard bring back because he's cheap enough that that yep. makes that pretty viable. Uh, I'm okay with that. Um, so if you want to go those two running backs, that's if that's the only way you want get a piece of that game, that's fine with me too. I so think so who rounds viable. out your core four after Mostert, Chase, Burrow? Uh, it's going to be Christian Kirk. It's just, nice. okay. and he, yeah, 5,400 is too cheap with Zay Jones being out. it's He's the wide receiver too and a pretty good passing attack. Every time I stack them for tournaments, it never works out, it seems like. But uh, yeah, Christian Kirk at 5,400 is a smash spot. Nice. I'm glad to hear you are aligned with me on that. Jaguars on the road in Indy, but I think that they've covered like their last five games against the spread against them. Colts are the sharp side for that game, but it's also seeming to be an over spot. So I would imagine plugging in Kirk is certainly a good idea. Full point DraftKings PPR. Last thing I want to touch on in terms of the DFS space is that on the defensive end, and I know we gave out our core four. We don't need to stick to a defense. But I just want to point out that this week, there seems to be a lot of games impacted by weather. So mm-hmm. I would choose to think there – I would assume to think there's some serious value that can emerge on pl- picking a defense that is going to be cheap but in a severely weather-impacted game. I think the biggest one to point out is Lions and Buccaneers. Uh, the Lions probably a bit stronger of a defense uh, – Buccaneers, still a good defense this season, loaded with veterans at home, coming off a bye, and $400 cheaper. I'm going to be probably going in one of those two directions. The other one that I would say is I've heard that Bengals-Seahawks game is as a potential weather spot. Would that make you go away from a Burrow Chase possibility? 
No, I don't. I think people tend to overrate weather in DFS. Uh, you know, they they hear rain and they run away or a little bit like unless it's going to be severe winds. I, I'm not worried about it, which it doesn't appear to be anything crazy. So that's not going to deter me at all. Um, I would love to get find the 4,000 to get to the 49ers defense. It's just not the way I'm building. It's just probably not going to happen. I even think as gross as it is to click 2,200 for the Browns is, is completely viable. That's um, another game, 57% chance likely rain, uh, 16 mile per hour winds. We generally use 20 mile per hour winds. And I'm so glad that you just made the distinction between rain and wind in your answer. That is what matters in terms of being a sharp gambler and being a sharp DFS player. A lot of the public just fades rain. The real thing that you want to do is fade wind, especially when we're talking about stacking a quarterback and wide receiver. Nine mile per hour winds expected in uh, Cincinnati, even though we have a good chance of rain in that game. So less of an impact where we look to Browns 49ers, 16 mile per hour winds. Where we look to the Kansas City Chiefs Broncos, that was a 19 to 8 game, 47 and opened at 50.5, closed at 47 and a half, lands at 27 because there was 22 mile per hour winds. We also have the that um where was it lions buccaneers that one i talked about also has 20 mile per hour winds listed so check for the wind and of course the at fiddle picks twitter always tweets the weather updates and we'll let you know which ones are the windy spots to be aware of. but i i think you're nailing it by saying chase and burrow are fine because it might be a slightly rain affected game that's not something to overly avoid you want to be careful about the wind and even playing into that Browns defense fits the description of a super cheap defense impacted by weather where you could gain value with. So I like it. Yeah, they just open up the rest of your lineup. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey could just go hog wild and run all over them. And, you know, but even last week, right, in what seemed like to be the worst spot of all spots, the Giants defense still got double digit points because they were able to scrape out a pick six um you know defense is random man it's it's just so hard to tell there's never it's the least predictive position in terms of projecting points um so it's just i'm okay with getting getting gross and yeah, opening up into the, value of the rest of my lineup i love that uh you said you had a player prop to give out yeah, got, finally got one after three weeks of doing this. After the same pass. <laughs> uh, I just think the line on DeAndre Swift rushing yards is too low. I, I got it at 65 and a half on FanDuel. I think it was minus 114. Um, he's been over that number in three of four starts since overtaking the backfield in week two. Uh, the Jets give up, I believe it's the fourth most yards on the ground. Uh, it's a positive game script for them being six and a half point favorites. I just, you know, I I think there's going to be plenty of carries and plenty of opportunity for Swift to go over this number. What did you say you got at 65.5? Uh, yeah, I'm FanDuel. 
Currently, right now, FanDuel 65.5, Bet 365, Bet MGM 66.5, but juiced minus 130 to the over. Points bet 70.5, DraftKings 66.5, still juiced to the under. Mike is right in pointing out not only is this line a good choice, but all of these market indicators and sportsbook and line shopping 101. Shows grabbing that minus 113 over 65.5 at FanDuel is the best possible line you can get. I'll rock with you. I'll play it with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anything else that we need to go over? Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. The goal was to make this episode now 16 minutes in. I think we nailed it. Uh, a bit quicker for the listeners because if they're going to be listening to a Saturday show before a Sunday – Let's just hit them with the quick. These are our core four. So to reiterate, yours was Burrow, Chase, Mostert, Kirk. I agree with you, Mostert, Kirk. And then the other stack that I'm going with is simply Ritter, London. And I'm going to prioritize that in a GPP. I also think Cup Stafford is just uh, pretty mm-hmm. intriguing too. If you're going to go more chalk cash, I just I'm I'm all the way back on Cooper Cup already. It took it took yep. me one drive of watching him just be exactly himself to think, all right, he's a 20 point lock and a full point PPR. Um, next week. Oh, Mike, oh real quick. Yeah. Um, I think a sneaky way to attack a popular game is going Lawrence Ridley. The Colts get worked by outside receivers. Um, if, you know, we, we saw him get crushed by Hopkins last week. Week one, Ridley lit him up. I forget the exact stat line. I don't have it up in front of me, but um, I think it could be another big week for Ridley too. Is just a different way to attack that game. But. Nailed it. Uh, I think that's another great way. Maybe if you were going to go into that question of what's that one weird game where you can attack a GPP, that's kind of the perfect one, right? It could be a Lawrence game. It could be a Kirk captain. It could be a, if you're going to show down this, it could be a Ridley. It could be an ETN. It could be a Zach Mm -hmm. Moss. It could be Jonathan Taylor coming about. Is it a Pittman day with Minshew? Like there are a lot of options for that game. So I think that's a perfect way to wrap this up. Just to let everyone know, next week I am traveling for my brother's wedding taking place on exactly this Saturday. Um, So I will not be doing any DFS content next week. We will miss Mike dearly. He will be back with us for week eight. Um, I will still be doing a gambling breakdown on Tuesday. I will still be sending out newsletter stuff, and I will still include some DFS stuff tips in my newsletter But since I'm going to be traveling earlier in the week, I'm not going to have any of my microphone, my computer, or any of that stuff. So it's going to be harder for me to record. So I will have a gambling pod Tuesday, an NBA pod Wednesday, a newsletter email on Thursday, a newsletter email on Saturday. And you should be signed up and checking all of that good stuff out. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Mike, thank you for the time. Peace out.